You are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pittsfield campus. Good morning. morning. How are you this morning? Good. Good. Well, Kathy forgot something. If you're here for the first time, (laughs) welcome. (laughs) She didn't say that, right? We love to see folks here that are here for the first time, and we want to thank you for being here and welcome you. And um, we have a gift for you if you're here for the first time, and if you'll fill out a Connect card, which you can find in your seats. Um, um, if you fill it out, complete the card, take it to the table that's right outside the door, we'll give you one of these pretty cool water bottles that uh, we just got in f- new, 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 fresh and improved. So we get these water bottles. Um, if you uh, fill out a connect card and go with me, if you're interested in just purchasing one of these, I think they're five dollars, and uh, we'll be happy to take your money and give you a water bottle. <laughs> so, now that I'm done, Kathy's job. <laughs> it is good to be back. <laughs> we are glad to be back. It's amazing. Um, there's some crazy people here in this campus. We go away and then we come back and all this work that's done in our office area and uh, just in the entrance area, it's amazing. And so we, we want to thank you all for the parts that you played in it. Uh, it was a huge surprise to us, um, but a pleasant surprise. But it's really, really great to be back and to be with you um, and to, uh, to just know, like Kathy said, we, we go away for two weeks and things just keep going. And that, that means we have great great leaders here and we have a great campus and we have people who love the Lord and want to just serve him and it doesn't matter who gets up here on Sunday morning um, because we're here to serve the Lord right but speaking of who's up here Bob McGann did a great job last Sunday I want to thank him for that he did a, gave us a great word about uh, uh, about honoring our parents and sometimes for some of us that's not as easy as, as some others but we can all honor um, our parents because the Lord tells us to. So thank you all. We're good to be back. We're starting a new series of sermons this week. Um, the series is called Favor, and we're going to be talking about um, God's favor, like bringing water. That's favor. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to be talking about God's favor and, and how God looks at us with favor and how God wants to give us his favor. Uh, maybe the, some of the things that we'll talk about will be a little surprising for you. Hopefully we can look at things in a little different way maybe than you've looked at them before. But we're going to continue to stay with the Word and, and, uh, and test everything that we say against the Word of God uh, and, and believe that God's favor is for us. God is for us. That's good news, right? He's for us. He's not against us. He's not trying to, to uh, squash us with his thumb. God is for us. He wants to pour out his very best of us. So that's what we're going to be talking about here in the month of June uh, is God's favor. But before we get started, um, before I go any further, I want to uh, show you a short video message from our district supervisor. Many of you know him. His name is Peter Bonanno. He's, <laughs> he was also the founding pastor of Grace Capital Church. Um, if you were, came with us from Pembroke, I'm sure you know him because he was there so, uh, so many years. And uh, he's a great pastor. He's a great friend. And he's a great district supervisor now, too. See, and he, and he has a really exciting message for us. So let's see what he has to say. All my friends at Grace Capital Church in Pittsfield, um, first of all, this isn't fair. You get to see me, and I don't get a chance to see you. Um, and, but I 
definitely have heard so many incredible reports about what God is doing at the church. Um, uh, Pastor Mark has shared uh, over and over again the incredible things God is doing, uh, specifically at uh, your campus, uh, overall uh, at Grace Capital, but at your campus. And of course, Pastor Mike and Pastor Kathy are just raving about the good work that the Lord is doing in all of your lives. And uh, have had an opportunity to be over at the facility, of course, not at one of the services for a while, um, but just wanted to come to you and just say how proud I am of each of you, how proud I am of your pastors, uh, of your leaders, and of each of you personally, uh, as you have stepped out in this new venture uh, and what God is doing, how he is growing the church, and how the campus itself is having such a great effect on the community of Pittsfield. With that, I am really happy today to uh, bring you some good news. Um, I, I know you have been working hard on the facility itself, on the property, and there's been a lot of uh, hands-on, which always works to build us up together. Uh, and so proud of you for that. And along with that, uh, we wanted to let you know as a district um, we're coming alongside to make a contribution. And so today I'm just proud to be able to announce to you that uh, we're presenting you with a check for $15,000 um, to continue to do the work that is necessary there um, in terms of some of the supplies you need, some of the uh, equipment that you need, some of the things you've probably already purchased and now you can use the funds in areas to continue to build that facility out and make it as excellent as I know each of you do. So again, my heart to you as your district supervisor and of course as the spiritual dad, so to speak, in many of your lives, uh, just say we're proud of you. This is a gift from us. We are partnering alongside of you. Just like I know Grace Capital as, as a whole is a church that believes in partnering. Uh, you've partnered in many communities. You have an incredible leadership team, uh, all the way from Pastor Mark and Audra to Pastor Mike and Kathy and so many of your leaders in that church. You believe in partnership, and so do we. And so we congratulate you and present you with this check for, and I have a copy of it here. It'll probably be in your hand soon for $15,000. We love you guys. Look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you. That's God's favor, huh? God's favor. And we're going to be talking about that. But just for you guys who like made up this surprise for us for the, the work you did in the office there, we had a surprise for you too. We didn't tell you. Now, uh, we got word of this uh, just before we went away and uh, had to keep it a secret, uh, but it's, it's really exciting, and maybe we'll get some air conditioning in here, too, <laughs> right? Well, God's favor, you know, I believe that God's favor has been on Grace Capital Church um, for years, all the way along. I believe that God's favor has rested on us as a church, and I know that God's favor has rested on us here at Grace Capital Church Pittsfield. We've seen every need met. We haven't had one need go unmet. We've, we've seen God move in our midst. We see new disciples being made. We see people growing in their walk with the Lord. We see people reaching out to the community. We see people growing. 
And even here in this building, though, it's not completed, and we do need some air conditioning, and it's probably never going to be in the beautiful church magazine, if there was one. But God meets every need. He's met every need for us since we've been here, every time, and he continues to do so. He's providing every resource we need. He's provided leaders. He's provided uh, people to lead every ministry that, we've, that we have here. We've had great, great leaders that have been raised up and are taking uh, their spot. And he's provided places for each of us to serve. He, you know that there's a place for every one of you to serve that God has provided. And even though it's a place for you to, to do work, to serve, that's God's favor because he provides that for you because we grow as we serve. We grow in what we do as we serve him. And we, and we love we love it when everyone serves. We love it when everyone does something, whether it's Sunday morning as a greeter or an usher or, or something, or even once a month. You know, we need people that could serve by, by uh, filling communion cups and preparing the communion elements, things like that. Serving. God provides those opportunities for us. So if you haven't had a chance yet to get connected and serve, talk to one of us after. Uh, we'll be glad to help you out. And, and it's, it's one of those deals where if everybody serves a little, nobody has to serve a lot. So let's all just continue as we, uh, as we grow in our walk with the Lord to grow in our serving, serving each other, serving our community, but most of all, serving the Lord. Because we all want God's favor, right? We all want God's favor. We all want to know that, that God looks at us and he gives us his favor. Of course we do. And that, that's a good thing. That's okay for us to want God's favor. It's, it's something that uh, that's, I think is kind of born inside of us, that we want to see God's favor in our lives. We want to know that he's proud of us, that he cares for us, and that he wants us to grow. We know that God loves us, and his desire is his favor. His desire for us is his very best. And even as long ago as, as Moses, you know, Moses was way back uh, before Jesus was born, way, way back. And Moses wrote a psalm. Did you know that Moses wrote some of the psalms? Some people don't know that. They think David wrote them all, but it's Moses. In Psalm 90, he said, Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So even Moses, as, as far back as Moses, and ever since then through the years, we've wanted God's favor. We want to be in God's favor. We want to see God's favor in our lives. And even though as, as we talk about favor, I know some of us, maybe we, we know or we've heard or we've seen, you know, that, that there have been those who have deluded what it means to have God's favor, that people will speak about God's favor being monetary things or, or being rich or growing in your, in your uh, financial status. And, and although that could be part of God's favor, that's not all of it. Now, some people want to try to put some religious guilt on us, try to put some religious things that we have to do, we have to do this, we have to do that in order to get, gain God's favor. And all those things that kind of dilute what God's favor means. And sometimes we get upset with this, we get disgusted by this, we get mad about this, because they think that as they gain, then that must be God's favor on them, right? But no, that's diluting what God's favor really is, because we know deep in our hearts deep in our hearts that God's favor is much more than that. God's favor on us is much more than a monetary thing or, or, or a, us doing certain religious things so that he can show his favor on us. It's more than that. God's favor is about his blessing upon us, his grace upon us. It's about finding contentment in our lives, finding contentment where we are, finding contentment where we serve because we're serving the Lord and God's favor is on us. It's about walking daily with the Lord, walking with him every day in relationship. You know, King David, way back in the, in the day in, in, in Israel, 
Um, in Psalm 17, he wrote, But as for me, my contentment is not in wealth, but in seeing you and knowing all is well between us. So he's talking to the Lord, all is well between us. We have this good relationship. That's how I know that I have your favor. That's how I know that I'm in your favor. And then he says, And when I awake in heaven, I will be fully satisfied, for I will see you face to face. Our satisfaction, our contentment, comes in knowing that we have a relationship with the Lord. And that his favor rests on us because he loves us and he cares for us. David was a man who knew God's favor. He was a man who knew God's favor and he walked in it. And we can all learn more and more about God's favor. And that's what we want to be focusing on as we go through this next series, these next few weeks. Well, many of you know, and, and Kathy mentioned it, uh, that we had the opportunity this last week to attend the Foursquare Convention. Um, and... You know, we had to go to Honolulu to go be at it. it. That's where it was, you know, so we paid, you know, we suffered for Jesus. And we went. And it was a great time, as you can imagine. It was a great time to be out there. It's a great time to connect with uh, some old friends uh, that I know from the Foursquare movement, the Foursquare denomination. And, uh, and we heard some great speakers. We got encouraged. And the theme of the, the whole uh, convention was empowerment. So we feel empowered to come back and to lead and to grow. And uh, that our Foursquare denomination is doing some amazing things and making some real fundamental changes in the way they do things so that they can empower the local church. You know, they want to take uh, the power away from the denomination, you know, the corporate headquarters, and bring everything that they can bring back to the church and empower us to do what we can do. And so the result of that is we get, yeah, that's good. The result of that is that money does come back to us. You know, they are able to do that, but it, there's also many other things, many opportunities that we're going to have over the next few years because of what Foursquare is doing and how they're structuring the things they're doing. But on the very first night of the convention, um, the director of Foursquare Missions is a gentleman named Ted Vale. Um, he had a word for the denomination, so he got up on stage and gave us this word, and it was about surfing. And he had taken some surfing lessons and tried to learn to surf. And um, what he was, his word was talking about surfing was catching the wave, right? And there's really nothing that the surfer does. The wave comes. It's not the surfer's wave. The wave comes up, and it's the surfer's job to catch that wave. And he feels like the Foursquare is catching a wave, and we're moving forward on that wave. And I thought that was a great word that he had for us. But then it made me think of our campus and our church, and it made me think of God's favor as, as I was kind of preparing and thinking about what I would say today. It made me think of God's favor. Because I believe that God's favor is also kind of like that wave that a surfer would catch, right? I believe that, that the, the favor of God comes like a wave. And, and it's not something that we do. We don't conjure up God's favor, right? We don't, the surfer doesn't conjure up the wave. It comes naturally. But the surfer needs to catch that wave, right? And he needs to ride it. He needs to ride that wave. He needs to ride the wave of God's favor. And I think that's what we need to do as we look at God's favor this week and this next month. Is we, we need to learn that we, we can catch that wave. We can catch the wave of God's favor and ride it. And we can be in God's favor. And another thing that he talked about as he was sharing his word was about as you learn to surf. And I didn't get a chance to do that. That was the one thing I really wanted to do and I didn't get a chance to do it. But as you, as you learn to surf and as you surf, you don't want to be looking at the end of the board or at the water. You want to keep your eyes ahead on the horizon. Otherwise, you're going to fall, pretty much, basically, is what he said. So, you know, I believe that, that as we uh, 
Even as we translate that into a word on God's favor for us, you know, it's something that we need to do. We need to be looking outward and not looking at ourselves as we're riding God's favor, as we're riding the wave of God's favor. We need to be looking out at others and to be able to share that favor with them too. So the surfer, he paddles out into the ocean and he's looking for that wave and, and then he sees it. He sees the wave coming and then he can choose whether he wants to catch it or to let it pass by, right? But the wave is there. The wave comes. And the wave is like God's favor on us. It's there and it's available for the surfer to catch and to ride. And so as they do that and as they ride it, they look at the horizon and, and not at the water, not at the tip of the board. But they look at the horizon. They look at where they're going. They look at all the things that they can see because they're riding the wave of God's favor. And then you ride that wave and, and then the, as the wave ends, you turn around and you paddle back out and you get to catch another wave. You get to ride another wave. And God's favor is there for us. God's favor is always there for us, just like that wave. Did you know that as I was thinking more and more about God's favor, and, and we talked about, well, what are the things that we need to do to get God's favor? And, and as we were talking about it, as we prepare, you know, we, we collaborate, all the campus pastors, we get together and prepare. And, and as we were talking about God's favor, it kind of hit us that, you know, the gospel is God's favor on us. The gospel is God's favor. There's nothing we have to do to go and acquire that favor. The gospel of Jesus, what Jesus has already done, is God's favor on us. Think about it. The good news, the good news of the gospel, it's God's favor for us. It comes in just like that wave, and, and we can catch it or we can let it pass. But God's favor is there for us. The good news, the gospel, John 3.16, John 3, the verse that everybody knows, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's God's favor. That's God's favor. It's a gift. The gospel. He, he brings it to us. He gives it to us. You see, God's grace is God's favor. God's grace that we all get to enjoy, that we all get to, to receive the grace of God. It's his favor on us. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave he gave because he loved us, and he gave to show us his favor. There's nothing we have to do. There's nothing we have to conjure up. We don't have to conjure that wave up. God gave that wave to us, and we get to ride it. We get to ride the wave of God's favor through the gospel and what he's already done, what Jesus did on the cross, and what Jesus did when he rose from the grave. That's God's favor. Romans 5.8 puts it this way. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, that's God's favor. We didn't earn that. We don't deserve that. That's God's grace and God's favor. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. And if you're here and you've never believed on him, if you've never really felt that you've believed on him, that you received that everlasting life, then today would be the day to do that, to receive his favor and to know that you have God's favor at that point. At that point where you receive Jesus as your Savior, you have God's favor. He doesn't hold it back from you. You have all of his favor for all of your life. So we must begin with the premise that we have God's favor. We have God's favor. If we know the Lord, if we're followers of Jesus Christ, and he's our Savior, then we have God's favor. We have all of it. From the very beginning of our relationship with him, we have it all. As soon as we start walking with Jesus, we have all of God's favor. Jesus told a story. You know, Jesus told lots of stories, parables we call them. But they're stories that we can relate to so easily because they're stories about people. People like you and people like me. So in Matthew 22, Jesus is telling a story. 
It's a story about God's favor. If you want to be looking that up in your, in your Bible and read along with me, I'm going to read chapter 22, the first 10 verses. And we're going to kind of unpack this story and see how it really shows us an example, an illustration of God's favor. So Matthew 22, starting in verse 1, it says, And again Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. That's not the part we're going to focus on. But then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. So this king, his son was getting married and he was going to throw a big party. Can you imagine the wedding party of the king's son? Now I've been to some pretty fun weddings, some pretty good weddings, but can you imagine if the king was throwing a party for his son's wedding? It's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest party of the year. It's going to be the biggest party probably of his life because he's celebrating this, this wedding of his son. So he wanted to throw this party which was a custom in the day, and it's a custom today. We throw big parties for weddings, so he sent this invitation to everyone he knew, to all the people that he wanted to invite, and all the people that he was friends with, all the people in the kingdom who he wanted to come. And, and when the RSVPs came back, there weren't many that said yes. So many of them said no. So the king, he tells his servants to go, well, go out to the highways, go and find people and invite them. That my favor, this big, big banquet that I'm having for them, this big table that I'm setting, anyone can come. Anyone can come to this t banquet table. Anyone can come to this wedding feast and enjoy my favor. And enjoy my favor because I'm going to open it up in anyone who comes. He opened it up to anyone. The most important banquet that this, this king would ever throw, the most important banquet that this king would ever have, he opened up to everyone because he wanted to show favor the king's favor on anyone who wanted to come. Now this, this parable, I've heard it preached different ways many times, and I haven't heard it preached as far as God's favor, but I believe it, it shows a bit of God's favor on us as we investigate this story and as we talk about this king and his banquet that he's throwing and, and this dinner that he's going to have and the fact that he opened it up to everyone. His very best, his very best banquet that he could do, he opened it to everyone. And I think it's really cool that it says both bad and good. There was no uh, predetermining goodness that the people had to have in order to be invited. They were invited, both bad and good. Both bad and good. And, and Jesus tells us as we start to read this, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to this. So he's saying that this is what God's kingdom looks like. God wants everyone to come and enjoy his favor. He wants to open up his banquet table to everyone to come and enjoy his favor, those great things that he has. He opens it to all of us. He opened it up to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles, then to all of us. This feast, this celebration, this amazing display of God's favor. 
this huge banquet table that God sets for us, for all of us, his favor. And just like the king in this parable, God wants us to come to this banquet table. He wants us to be a part of this banquet. He wants us to ride this wave. He wants us to do that. He opens his favor for us to do that as we come to the banquet table, as we humble ourselves and come to the table. You know, I think a lot of these people who said no, that they didn't want to come, part of the deal was that they wouldn't humble themselves to come to the king's table. We have to submit ourselves. We have to submit ourselves to God and his favor. And to learn about his favor, we have to know how, we have to know him. We have to know who he is. We have to know about him. And we get that through his word. So there's the humility of coming to the table. The submission of God as the, the banquet master, as the master of the banquet who, who oversees. And then to learn about him and to know him and to receive the favor, the great favor that he wants to bestow on us. So coming to the, the banquet table brings out all three of these things in us. It's, it's kind of a chicken and the egg kind of thing. It's not, I don't think it's necessarily that we have to be humble and we have to have a heart of submission and we have to love his word in order to receive his favor. But I think as we receive his favor, this humility comes out of us. As we receive his favor, the submission to him and to his guidance, his leading on us, comes out of us. As we learn his word, as we learn about him, and as we become closer to him in relationship, then his favor is more evident to us because we see those things. We see that he has this great banquet table, and we can accept that. So humility, a submissive spirit, trembling at his word, learning his word, knowing his word, these things, these things are the things that bring us into the place of his favor, the place of his honor. So like I said, it's kind of a chicken and the egg kind of thing. It's not necessarily that we, we have to do these things and then we're welcome to come. It's more like as we come, as we start receiving his favor, these things kind of are fruit that come from that. We, we, we are humble because we, we understand God's favor isn't something that we earn. It isn't something that we deserve. So we are humble as we do that. And as we come, we learn how God is good and we learn how we, we, he sets this banquet table for us. And we're willing and we want to submit to him. We want to submit to all the good things that he has for us. And then as we do that, we want to know him better. We want to learn through his word more about him. More about him to the place where we even tremble at his word. We tremble at his word. And that's in the, the prophet Isaiah way long ago before Jesus was born. He talked about this. He talked about God's favor and, and he talks about how God looks for these things and how these things kind of come out of us as we receive God's favor. In Isaiah 66, 1 and 2, and you might want to write this, the scripture down. I'll go ahead and read it if you don't have time to turn over there. It says, Thus says the Lord, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand has made. And so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. God owns all these things. All these things are his. He created them. He owns them. But this is the one whom I will look. So God is saying, this is the one whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Those three things are the things that are part of God's favor. Those three things are the things that... Like I said, that as we receive God's favor, as we understand God's favor, as we, as we uh, know that God is, is giving us his favor, then these things kind of come out of us. Humility, a submissive spirit, and trembling at his word. Learning, trembling at his word, I equate to learning who he is. 
learning that he wants to be in a relationship with us, learning how much he loves us, learning how awesome and powerful that he is. As we learn more about him, then we learn more about his favor, God's favor. So I really, I don't think that I can stand up here and tell you that there's a magic formula to receive God's favor. God's favor isn't dependent on us and completing some some sort of magic formula or some sort of thing that we do. God's favor is solely dependent on us coming to the banquet table. Coming to the banquet table and receiving his grace and receiving his mercy. Enjoying the fruit of his favor in our lives. The banquet table of the king. The banquet table of the king. It does require humility from us. Humility is part of that. It does require us to put our agenda aside and our plans and our dreams and humble ourselves before the king. But as we're doing that, we're seeing his favor. And as we see his favor, we know that as we put our dreams and plans aside, that his dream and plan for us is bigger than we ever imagined anyway. So we want to put that aside. It requires submission to the king. It requires us to take up our cross daily. Take up our cross and follow him. It requires us to submit to the king. But once again, we see that as we're submitting and as we're receiving his favor, submission isn't such a big deal after all. Submission is something that we want to do. Because as we submit, as we submit, we see his great favor in our lives. We see the growth in our lives. And then it requires us to know him. It requires us to be in his word. And once again, as as we understand God's favor and as we receive his favor, as we sit at the banquet table and see the great feast he has in front of us, then we want to know him better. We want to be in his word. We want to understand who he is. We want to understand his awesomeness, his powerful. Powerfulness? His, His power. We want to understand those things through his word. But make no mistake about it, God's favor is on us. God's favor is on us when we come to him. When we come to him humbly in submission and acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior, then God's favor is on us. God's favor is on us as we develop that relationship with with him. You see that when when he forgives us of our sins, then we believe like the John 3.16 tells us to believe, then we have all of God. We receive all of God. At that moment, he doesn't hold back. He doesn't just come into our lives and say, well, okay, you received me as your Savior, I'm going to give you a fourth of me. Or I'm going to give you a half of me. No. He does it. He gives it all to us. He doesn't come in and say, oh, I'm going to hold back because I'm going to wait and see how much money you give to the church. I'm not going to give you my full favor until I see how much money you give to the church or, or how religious you can be or if you can jump through this hoop or if you can be religious in that way or... Oh, I want to see how often you're going to be at church. If you miss church too much, I'm going to take my favor away. No, that's not God at all. God's favor is on us as we receive him, all of his favor. The question then isn't whether or not we get all of God when we come to him as his Savior and as our Lord. That's not the question of whether we get all of him or not. The question for us to answer today is are we willing to submit all of us to receive his favor? Are we willing to submit all of who we are to receive all of him and be walking in his favor. Do we come to the banquet in humility? Do we catch the wave? Do we catch the wave of his favor by submitting to his vision for us? Do we come to the banquet table? Or do we send back a no thanks in our RSVP? Or do we just skip past and ride the next wave or try to catch the next wave? 
Sit. We only need to catch the wave. We need to catch the wave of God's favor. We need to sit at the banquet table that God has already prepared for us by submitting and by knowing him and his word and by being humble and coming to him and letting him be Lord and Savior. And as he does that, his favor is fully on us. It's fully on us. So what do you think? What do you think about God's favor? Have you ever thought that really God's favor is just God's grace for us? That God's favor comes through his grace? The fact that we get something way better, something so much better, something so amazingly better than what we deserve. God's grace, giving us something better that we deserve, that's got to be favor, right? That's got to be God's favor. Have you ever thought that God's favor is the gospel of Jesus? Jesus came and he lived and he showed us how to live and he showed us how to grow and showed us how to, to be closer to the Lord and he died for us, to be resurrected for us to beat hell, to beat death, to beat the grave for us. How much more favor can we expect from the Lord? That's God's favor. (coughs) Have you ever thought about John 3.16 being God's favor on you? A simple verse that we all know, we all learn from childhood, most of us anyway. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He gave it to us. His favor. His favor. Or have you felt maybe that God's favor is just out of reach for you? Maybe you feel like, yeah, God has favor for those other people. God has favor for the super religious. Those that are really, really religious, they have God's favor. But I don't think I'm good enough there. I don't think I can reach for God's favor yet. Maybe you feel like God's favor is only on the wealthy, only on those who have more than you. And wealth is relative. If you travel around the world, if, if you go to some of the places that I've been around the world, we're all pretty wealthy. Wealth is relative. But have you felt like God's favor is only for those who are wealthier than you? Those who have more material things than you? No, God's favor is on all of us. John 3.16 is for all of us. The banquet table is set for all of us, the good and the bad. And all of us fit in one of those categories. You can choose which one is yours. God's favor. Just like that wave, the wave that the surfer catches is for all of us. You know, we don't create the wave. We don't conjure up the wave. It's not if we're really well behaved, we get a good wave. The waves come. God's favor comes for us. We don't create it. He does. But there's plenty of room on that way for all of us to catch. For all of us to catch it. So maybe if you've never responded to God's favor and maybe you've, you've never understood God's favor or you thought God's favor was for others. Maybe if you've never responded to His grace or never responded to the gospel, today would be that day. Today could be that day that you receive fully God's favor in your life. Fully God's favor over you in your life. It's as simple as humbling yourself, coming to that great banquet table that God set for us, humbly, in submission, and desiring to know Him better. Coming to the table, catching the wave. And you can do that right here and right now, today. 
Maybe, maybe you've responded to God's grace before. Maybe you've, you're a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've accepted him. Maybe you've believed as John 3.16 tells us to believe. His gospel and his favor. But maybe you didn't feel like you were fully in God's favor. Maybe you didn't feel like God's favor was on you. Or maybe that God was holding back like I talked about earlier. Maybe think about it differently. Maybe think about your own life and take a look at that and, and think, do I come to the banquet table? Do I submit myself ready to receive his favor? Or did I send back an RSVP that says, no thanks God, I only want, I only want this peace. I don't need to come to the banquet table. But the banquet is set. It's set. Do you catch the wave or, or do you hold back? Do you hold back from receiving God's favor? It's there for all of us. It's there for all of us. And it looks different for all of us. And I'm not telling you that God's favor is going to come on you and you're going to be filthy rich because I'd be lying to you. But God's favor is there for all of us. His favor where, like we, we talked about Moses, about living, in, or David, living in contentment, living knowing that we have a relationship with God, knowing that he's our friend, knowing that he cares about us and loves us and that his favor is on us. Do you hold back? Do you refuse that humility or refuse that submission to God and not willing, not willing to fully submit to God's favor or refusing to know him, refusing to be in his word and understanding God's favor on your life? Do you settle for only a portion of God's favor? Think about that. We can settle for only a portion of God's favor. Or we can receive it all. We can receive it all because it's there. The wave is coming in. We can catch it. The banquet table is set. We have an invitation to sit at the table. Today can be the day. Today can be the day that we lay those things down, that we can respond to Him in humility. We can submit to his greater plan, his greater favor, submitting to God's favor. We can come to the banquet table and find the fullness of his favor in our life. As we come to this time where we're going to be closing, I would like to pray for you. For those of you who maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you've never accepted God's favor in your life and you didn't know. Maybe you just didn't know that God wanted to give you his favor. All of it. As you follow Jesus. Or, or maybe you followed Jesus for a long time and, and you're not feeling that contentment. You're not feeling that fullness of your life. Because you've refused to come to the table. Because you've, you've refused the humility and, the, and the, re, the ability to submit to him. Maybe that's where you're at today. And today would be the day you say, No. No, no, no. I'm catching this wave. I'm going to catch this wave and I'm going to hang 10 and ride it all the way in. <coughs> God's favor. So if we could, I'd like to pray with you, pray for you. Wherever you are, however this message speaks to you as far as God's favor. I feel like there are some who, who have held back. Held back, kind of afraid of, of submission. Afraid of humility. Afraid of of really allowing God to give us his full favor. His full favor.
So Lord Jesus, we pray now as we come to you, Lord, that God, we pray knowing that your favor is there for us. Lord, if those of us who are here who have never known, Father, that your favor is available. We've never known, Lord, that that knowing Jesus and and accepting him as our Savior gives us your full favor, Lord, the, the favor of your grace, the favor of the gospel. Lord, I pray for those, and I pray that, that, Lord, that they would come even today, Lord, and that they would submit themselves humbly to you, your word. Father, for those of us who have walked with you for a long time, but we've only felt like we've had part of your favor in our lives, Lord, we pray, Lord, that, that you would give us a heart of humility, a heart of submission, a heart to know you better, heart to receive, God, all the favor that you have for us. God, we thank you. We thank you because you are good and that you are for us and that your favor can be upon us. Your favor will be upon us as we follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to have a prayer team here up front uh, as we close. Uh, If that prayer team wants to come down, but just a couple of things to remember as I was talking about the surfer on the board and and about how he needs to look out in the horizon, looking at things in front of him, things around him. That's that's what we need to be doing. We need to be looking at others. God's favor is similar. As we ride this wave, we need to continue to look forward, to look out, to see how he wants us to serve others because God's favor is on us to be shared with others. As we ride the wave, we want to be looking for opportunities to serve him best. Opportunity to see the vision that he has put before us so we can ride the wave of God's favor. As as a campus, we need to be looking forward at the mission that he has given us as we ride this wave of his favor. He gives us a mission that's bigger than us. I can tell you, if we don't ride the wave of God's favor, we won't fulfill this mission because it's bigger than us. We can't do it. This mission to go create communities and develop people, families, and leaders that know and enjoy the presence of God and restore every person, town, and city. That's, that's what we see as we look out. That's the mission. We can't just keep looking down. We need to look out as we ride this wave of God's favor. Looking forward to our mission as we remain in His favor with our humility and our submission to Him and a love for who He is and for His Word. Amen. Well, God bless you all. We do have a prayer team down here. Uh, If you want to come for prayer, they would um, be more than happy to pray with you. If you have an illness or a sickness and you want prayer for that, uh, they can do that because we believe we have a God who heals. Otherwise, have a wonderful week, and we will look forward to talking to you again soon. Go to Life Group this week. If you've never been, get to a Life Group. You'll be glad you did. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 